Welcome to the Lab Rats Podcast. You are now entering the maze. All right, so today we are here with Megan Tomlinson. You may have seen her on social media or the Charlotte News as well with Megan. Uh, that's, that's how we refer to her. Uh, she's a Charlotte-based nutritionist and health coach. She graduated from the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, where she received education from some of the top minds in the health industry, such as Dr. Mark Hyman, Dr. Andrew Weil. Uh, she helps people develop a realistic, uh, sustainable, holistic approach to healthy living. And she also produces some really great content on her Instagram at wellwithmegan. Uh, she's also the host of the Hungry for Health podcast. You can learn more about her and her services at our website at wellwithmegan.com. We're really excited to talk with her today as we head into the holiday season where junk food is more accessible than it's ever been. So thank you for joining us today, Megan. So happy to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah. So one thing that we've seen you talk about and that you mentioned on your website is how diets don't often work. So to kind of kick off the conversation, can you talk about your philosophy on dieting uh, when you're working with clients? Absolutely. Yeah. I always like to teach uh, clients that it really isn't about dieting. I think that's what we're taught. Uh, if we ever have health goals, it's like, oh, just go on a diet or eat less and work out more. But it's really not about that. It's really about feeding your body what it needs. So I provide clients with um, a sort of light structure or a checklist, a plug and plate method of uh, just educating them on what exactly your body needs. So we need amino acids from protein. We need fatty acids from sources of healthy fats, and we need fiber and phytonutrients. And if we just focus on those four things, it makes healthy eating feel a lot easier. It and uh, what's really beautiful about the method is it, it, it fits any lifestyle. You can just pick whatever foods you like out of each of those categories. And I, I provide you with all these lists and all these options and things like that. And uh, it just, we're focusing on putting the positive on our plate. Um, and I think the best thing about it is it works anywhere, whether you're a, a home chef or if you're ordering takeout. I mean, we work, I work with clients to try to, you know, develop those healthy cooking habits as well. But um, it, it gets you out of that all or nothing and start or stopping mentality that traditional diets put you in. Um, you know, it's really hard to go out to eat when you're uh, counting calories, because who knows how many calories are actually in that meal. Right. Or if you're living within a paleo lifestyle, it might be harder to find something on the menu. Um, so kind of eliminating those rules and just focusing on what your body actually needs. Um, and what that does is it allows you to start creating consistency and really building a lifestyle around it. And, and come January 1st, you don't feel like you need to diet anymore because you've been consistent all year long. Right. And it doesn't have to taste bad. I feel like that's one of the biggest misconceptions is if you get all your nutrients, like you're going to hate your meals. Yes. I love that you said that. So a lot of people think like, oh, if I go out to eat, I have to order the salad. Well, honestly, the salad sometimes isn't even the healthiest thing with all the right. crap they put on them. But like using this plug and plate method, it's like, no, like order, you know, just scan the menu, find a protein that you like. Do you like salmon? Grab the roasted salmon. Do you like steak? Eat some steak. And then you're finding a source of healthy fat, getting some veggies, maybe ordering some, you know, grilled Brussels sprouts for the table or something like that. And just feeling really good about putting the positive on your plate. So with like the, the holiday season coming up, or I guess we're in the middle of it. We've had Thanksgiving, we have Christmas right around the corner. Um, 
So what do you tell what do you tell your clients yourself when they're going into situations where one they probably don't have much control over their food over like what's available to them and two the the choices are uh, often not great but very enticing. Yes. So uh, honestly, this is my favorite time of year to coach clients because using these strategies and some of them we'll talk about today, it's like once you have these in place, the rest of the year feels so easy because if you can get through the holidays feeling balanced and, you know, if we can get to January 1st, not feeling like we need to detox or go on a juice cleanse, like you're winning at life. That's right. Um, So two things is one, most importantly, just getting out of that all or nothing mentality. Like you don't have to eat perfectly. You don't have to throw in the towel just because grandma Betty's pumpkin pie. Like it's not the end of the world. You can still add vegetables or add some protein to your plate and feel good about that and still give your body the nutrients it needs. And it's not, it doesn't become this free for all situation. And the second thing is to not stress about it. I think, you know, the holidays are stressful enough with all the, you know, events and shopping that you have to do. If you're stressing about your food, Stress is like the number one thing that, that wreaks havoc on our metabolism. So if we're not stressing about our food, that, that that's better. Um, so two ways to do that is um, something I teach clients is anytime you're out of your normal routine or situation, just focus on that first meal of your day. Um, so instead of feeling overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, I have to get through three meals and try to find the healthiest thing out of all of them, just focus on that first meal because that first meal is going to impact what you crave the rest of the day. And if you, you know, if you throw in the towel and you have the pancakes and the waffles or the cereal first thing in the morning, you're not even giving yourself a fighting chance to make those healthier choices later on. Cause you're going to be on this blood sugar roller coaster. Right. Um, so if you can't, if it feels overwhelming to commit to all three meals, just commit to that first meal. So Whenever it is that you break your fast, that's literally what breakfast means. It can be anything and any time. Um, it's just that first meal is going to really have a hormonal impact on you the rest of the day. So focus on that. Um, the second thing is prior. I say I call it uh, prioritize and pick one. So a lot of times uh, we have a glass of wine and then we have a piece of cake and then we have the bread basket. And what people is all that is compounding. So your body can handle any of those things in a single portion, right? Your body is designed to handle that sugar and handle those carbs. It's only when you're, when you're pushing your body out of that ideal blood sugar zone that trouble ensues. Um, and so prioritize and pick one. It's not saying that you're never going to have wine again, or you're never going to have a cookie again. It's just, which one do you want right now? And then you can enjoy that one thing. Yeah. Maybe it's a cookie today. Maybe it's wine tomorrow. Maybe it's bread the next day, but at least you're not compounding your blood sugar. Cause then you're just going to feel like crap and it's going to feel harder to get back into balance. Yeah, no, that's great. I think that like all or nothing is huge for a lot of people. Even, even when you know, like the nutrition and you know what it's doing for you mentally, it's hard. Cause if you, you know, go off, like if, if you've been eating well for let's say 30 days and then you get into the holidays, maybe you go visit family and you know you have a a couple cookies well then you know the the, mentally people think well i messed up today it's done i ruined it yeah yeah (laughs) might as well just trash my body the rest yeah yeah i mean like like what are some ways that you know from a a mental perspective that you try to help people get over that hurdle because i think i think that's something that's really difficult for everyone Yeah, this is where focusing on the positive is so important. So yeah, you had the cookies, but at your next meal, can you, can you eat some protein to get your body back in balance? Can you add some vegetables? It's like, just because we ate that one thing doesn't mean the rest of the day is ruined. It might feel like that 
initially because of that blood sugar. Um, so this is where understanding blood understanding how your blood sugar works and your biology is really freeing and empowering because it's really not a matter of willpower or self-control. These are all biological survival mechanisms built into your body that when you eat a cookie, your blood sugar goes up and your body's always trying to maintain homeostasis. So it releases a lot of insulin to bring it back down. And insulin is really good at doing its job. So not only does it bring your blood sugar down, but it comes crashing down. And so now your blood sugar is low. You're in this hypoglycemic state. Your body's trying to survive. Back in the day when food wasn't readily available, it, it would send these signals to your brain saying, hey, you need something starchy or sugary because that's what's going to bring you back up the quickest. Your body's really smart. And so at that hypoglycemic state, you're not going to crave a salad. You just aren't. So just knowing that and, and you know, not having to, not feeling bad about it. Um, I like this topic is so close to my heart because I used to beat myself up so much over this. It was like, gosh, if I just had more willpower, if I just had more self-control, like what is wrong with me? How come all these other people can do it? But once you understand how your blood sugar and these mechanisms work, it's so freeing because it's like, yeah, it's not your fault. It's just your body's trying to keep you alive and you can understand it. And then you can use that as motivation to get back into balance at your next meal. So yeah. I think what you said about like focusing on your first meal is huge. Like that's something I've definitely noticed. Like when I, on the weekend, for example, if I do um, like a pastry or, or pancakes, you'll, you'll be hungry again, like in an hour or maybe two hours. And not only are you, are you hungry, but you're more, um, I guess, likely to make a poor, make a poorer choice of food at that point. Whereas like throughout the week, I typically eat like eggs and veggies for my first meal and that sustains me like almost until dinner. And then it, it, you don't have that crash of that like intense hunger that you'd have with something with high carbs and high sugar, filling it with like protein, the fat, uh, fiber that that sustains you for, for so much longer. And once you start to feel hungry, you're just much more willing to make a better choice. Right. I see that a lot. You know, the Monday through Friday looks a lot different than what mm -hmm. Saturday and Sunday looks like. And so here's what I would tell you if you're my client. If you're like, Hey, listen, it's my family tradition to have a donut at, on the weekends or something, or have a pastry. I'm not going to tell you to not eat that pastry. What you're going to do is you're going to eat your eggs and your veggies along with the pastry. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's going to sustain you and keep you full. And you can have that pastry, but not feel the effects of that crash later on. And so you can eat it in a portion that your body can handle. And then your next meal, you're not in this hypoglycemic state, you're more, you have more of that wave of a blood sugar rather than a crash. So there's definitely ways to handle all that. And it works the same way with the holidays. It's just like, you know, enjoy it, but also just give your body these nutrients. When you, when your body is fed and fueled, it does a lot of the hard work for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You can do both. And there, there definitely is, we've talked about this before there, there is like this mental health component to it where, like you said, you know, if you have this tradition to eat, I don't know, maybe you all make a pumpkin pie and you eat that together as a family or, or whatever that like brings a joy that in a way is, is healthy. Yes, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Food is fuel, but it's also enjoyment. It's also very social. It's also how you make memories. Like all of our social settings are typically centered around food. So if you can't, you can't create a positive relationship with it. You're going to have more struggles down the road, whether you reach your goals or not. You know, like we right. all, we all know those people that are, you know, maybe perfectly fit, but they're miserable mentally. And I don't, mm -hmm. I don't want to live that way. Um, and the yeah. cool thing is there's strategies for 
for being able to enjoy that. So it's been shown that, um, you know, if you want to have a pizza every Friday, you know, have that salad first, the vegetables in that salad is going to slow that, um, the digestion, have some like a really, like a good extra virgin olive oil dressing. The fat in that salad is going to slow the digestion of that pizza. Yeah. So it's all about, about, um, lowering that glycemic load as much as we can. Um, when it comes to holiday traditions, by all means, continue them, but maybe try it with elevated ingredients. Like you can make a Christmas sugar cookie with almond flour. And I, yeah, exactly. Kids won't taste the difference. <laughs> Um, but it's just that, it's just that one simple swap where you're still getting the enjoyment and it's still the same tradition, but you're using these higher quality ingredients that are going to, that you can feel good about feeding yourself, but are also going to give you these metabolic benefits as well. Um, another holidays is, is when it comes to wine, like, can we, can we get a sugar-free, uh, fructose-free wine? Right. Uh, it's really easy nowadays. There's subscriptions. Uh, Thrive Market has a whole sugar-free section. Um, what a lot of people don't realize is those conventional wines, they're pumping something called mega purple into it, which is pure fructose, which yep. you're already it's drinking crazy. alcohol. It's already being metabolized in your liver. Now you're adding this fructose, which can only be metabolized in your liver. It's going to be um, that, that storage tank in your liver is very small. So it's going to be more likely, uh, more quickly to be stored as fat. But that alone is just a simple swap and you want to hang over either which is great yeah. <laughs> so like the main thing you have your your clients focus on is like step one like just getting getting nutrients first before eating anything else eating any sugar so i guess do you have other like specific um since you don't have like you don't have them follow a specific diet plan that excludes certain things like do you still have them set um short-term or long-term goals absolutely so we my thing is that we are not turning your life 180, you know, from one day to the next, it is a slow process because that's, what's going to make it stick. Um, this is not like cutting out everything. It really does help to focus on the positive, those nutrients, just giving that out, then that outline to follow, because the thing is we all want to be told what to eat. <laughs> Here's what I've realized. We all want to be told what to eat. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think like people turn to diet so quickly. Cause it's just like black and white eat this, not that. So it's nice to have some some structure, but then it gets to a point where it's like, okay, I don't want to live by these rules. Like I want to do this. And so you have to have that flexibility or that wiggle room. So we always start with, um, you know, put these nutrients on your plate first, but just like those, uh, those quick little things I told you, those are all little strategies for, um, how you can weave these into your lifestyle. So you want to make what you're eating work for your life, not your life work for what you're mm. eating. Um, and that's yeah. what, that's what makes this sustainable. We really want to get out of that, that start and stop on or off a diet cycle. Um, because that just leads to those, those feelings of restriction and then binge and you're swinging from one side of the pendulum to the other. And we find ourselves in these extremes. Um, and, and it doesn't have to be like that. I like to live like in the middle in that gray area. Yeah. Um, so it just feels sustainable. Like I said, it doesn't feel come January. It doesn't feel like you need to detox or, or start over. It's just your life. It's just right. Your life. Right. And what's really cool is just working with clients and seeing it become, uh, really like automatic. Like I think of it as like when you were little and you learned to ride a bike. So, you know, when you first learned to ride a bike, you needed that accountability. You needed that adult there to like help you and catch you when you fall. And then to get that you take your training wheels off but you still have to like be aware because there's some bumps in the there's some bumps mm -hmm. in the road there's some obstacles you gotta so i'm still there for them like 
like making, giving them those strategies to handle the lifestyle situations. And then finally it like becomes autopilot, right? They always say it's like riding a bike. And now it's like something that I don't have to think about. My clients don't have to think about. It's just kind of ingrained in them. And I think, um, having that accountability and really having that positivity is what, yeah, no, I think that's really important. I, I, I mean, I like what you said about there, there really is an in between, you know? Um, I mean, more specifically, like with desserts, for instance, you can make desserts that are semi-healthy, you know, that aren't going to, you know, send your body out of whack and it can actually taste good. There are in-betweens that people can actually enjoy. Um, I think one thing that I personally encountered with like holiday eating, and I know other people have as well, is like getting pressure from other people. I don't know if if you've encountered that personally, if you've had clients that encounter that where, you know, maybe when they get together with family, it's just, you know, people kind of encourage each other maybe to to eat in, in a way that they wouldn't, you know, even when they were by themselves. So I don't know. Is that something you've encountered? It's hard. It is. I mean, there's definitely, I mean, we grew up saying they t- give into peer pressure, but it's like, sometimes it's like your parents are giving you pressure. It's like, I mean, I think people are so attached to, um, how they eat that they want to, um, I don't know, they want to instill yeah. it on you. So it's like, you know, I, I moved away from St. Louis, but I'm going home for St. Louis to St. Louis for Christmas. And it's like, you know, things change when you're away or as you get older, your eating habits change. Right. Um, or, you know, you have that uncle Larry that makes fun of you for filling your plate with salad and not getting a piece of pie. It's right. It really comes down to just being mindful and remembering your why. Um, you know, that's something I work with for, with clients is I'm very clear that when they start working with me, that it's not just for physical results. Like this is for long-term health. And we identify those, um, things that they can attach to that goal, you know, whether they have kids and they're attaching that goal to, I want to set an example for my daughter, or I want to be able to play with my kids when I'm old. Um, so, uh, you know, physical goals can fade. And so when you really have that deeper attachment to it, um, I think that's helpful, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Sometimes you just got to remember that it's, it's people's opinions that, you know, most people are not educated. Um, the people right. listening to this podcast are, but most people are still getting their information from the back of a Kellogg's box. Or yeah, you yeah. Know what I mean, so it's just I think there definitely is a turning point. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I always joke like, "This is my job. This is my career," and I still struggle to get my mom to not drink cow's milk, and it's because right. she grew up on a dairy farm. So mm-hmm. it's like that's yeah. how they were raised. Um, I'm still trying to convince her that they're not making milk like that anymore, but, yeah, yeah. um, you know, it's just the awareness being mindful, um, kind of putting your blinders up, I guess would be helpful, right. but yeah, yeah, it's tough. Um, it is. It, it is. So what do you say are some like good ways to like to help initiate change and in, like friends and family, people who aren't adhering to any type of lifestyle changes whatsoever, like maybe they even make fun of you. Like, is there a way, like that's something I've struggled with and I know Andy has as well to, um, to help initiate change in friends and family. Cause like obviously guilting them into changing does not work. What, what is the, have you found any success with anything? Yeah, I think, um, something I always say is show don't tell. So, um, a lot of people don't care about the science. Um, but if you can just be an example, um, you know, and just saying, just be like, 
you know, set these in, like, look at all the energy I have, mm. you know what I mean? Or I feel right. like this. Um, I will back up and say, uh, one thing I do always tell clients is if someone like says something about their food, um, you know, in a, in a way that's making fun of them or something, all you have to say is I feel good when I eat this because mm-hmm. no one can argue with that. Mm-hmm. It's like, right. that's your yeah. feeling. No one can argue with that, whether it's good or bad. Um, another thing I like to do is I will bring, I will always bring a healthy nutrient dense dish. And, um, I don't say anything. I just bring it and they always love it. You know what I mean? It's like, you can prove that healthy food can also taste good. Um, yeah. recipes. So if you're, if you know that it's going to be, when it comes to the form, it's pretty easy to find protein at most meals, typical American meals are, are eating that, but it's hard to find the vegetables. So I always bring something with veggies. Um, I'll bring either a big salad or a side of roasted veggies. Um, yeah. just so you know that you can at least have that component and get some fiber and Typically, if you're bringing it, other people will try it as well. Um, another thing I like to do is making those baked, the traditional baked goods or meals with those elevated ingredients and not telling them. And then they tell yeah. you it's really good. And then you tell them what's yeah, in it. Yeah, that's, I love that. Uh, <laughs> the old bait and switch. Right. Um, I like to do that. But yeah, I think just really setting the example, you know, exposing them to these upgraded ingredients is helpful because it's like, you know, if they can realize that, hey, I can still get this great flavor, but I can do it in a way that, you know, and then you can, then if you want to educate them a little bit on, you know, the benefits of that ingredient right. in it, um, that's helpful. But I think the best way is just to, just to set the example. Yeah. I think that's good. Yeah. That's a good strategy. Now, when people inevitably get off track, cause it happens to everyone, it happens to the best of us, you know, people get off track. Um, that probably happens a lot during the holiday seasons, but what what are some some ways that you try to get people to think about getting back on track? Because I you know people probably suffer from guilt after the holidays. Maybe they ate, maybe they ate more junk than they wanted to, and it's always hard to kind of make that initial step into getting back on track. So how do you how do you recommend people do that? Yeah, focus on the little things. You don't have to go zero to one hundred. Um, you know, this is taking out that pendulum swing. It's being okay living in that gray middle area of finding okay. I went off the rails a little bit. What can I do to bring myself a little bit closer back to that middle ground? Um, a lot of times I will have clients just commit to a smoothie in the next morning, the next morning after something like that. What we're really trying to do is bring that blood sugar back down, lower that insulin. Because when you're in that state, you're going to crave junk, right? <laughs> and so you just have the awareness alone is super helpful. So understanding the blood sugar spike and drop, understanding, uh, when you don't get a lot of sleep, your hunger hormones are no longer regulated. So just being aware that you're probably going to crave this other junky stuff, which is why it feels so hard to get back into it, right? When you take a break or when you fall off the quote unquote wagon, uh, it's hard to get back on because your body is in this biological state. So just being aware of that and just making the tiniest commitments to yourself of whether it's starting with a smoothie uh, I have a bunch of recipes on, uh, inside my free guide, if you want to check that out, but you know, it's, it's an effortless meal. It takes two minutes to blend up. These are all things that you can keep in your fridge and freezer or pantry. So they're always on hand. Um, and it's going to get you back into balance. So at least you're giving yourself a fighting chance the rest of the day. Uh, maybe it's moving your body. Uh, it doesn't have to be extreme, but just 
walking, like all these mm-hmm. little things and just find the tiniest things that you can focus on. And what that's going to do each time you do it, you're building momentum and you're getting back into it. And next thing you know, you're back into autopilot is where we want to be. Yeah. So you mentioned some like easy to prep meals. I know that's one of the biggest like barriers to people who are wanting to start eating healthier. Like they don't want to have to cook meat in the oven, cut veggies, roast the veggies. Like it takes time. What, I guess, what tips could you give to those people who want to start eating healthy, but say, say they don't have time to do it? Yes. I'm so glad you asked this. This is like my mantra. Healthy eating does not have to be hard. And I am by no means a chef. Like back in college, like I, I almost set my kitchen on fire trying to cook chicken for the first time. You wouldn't be able to tell on your, your Instagram, you make a lot of good food. It looks Oh, thank you. But I mean, it's all easy. All of my meals, I like to brag they're under five minutes, maybe 10 minutes tops. Um, and because I use a lot of, you know, depending on busy weeks, I'll use a lot of like pre, uh, pre-cooked things. You know, we want to focus on quality, which is important when it comes to proteins, but you can buy, um, an organic, like roasted chicken or rotisserie. Right. And it's already there. You're just pulling it off of it throughout the week. Um, nowadays there's like, you can find paleo chicken sausages at most places that are literally just heat and eat. Um, it's quick cooking proteins, like grass-fed ground beef, like literally throw it in a pan, add some seasoning sauces, whatever you want. Five minutes, you're done. Um, big fan of like one pan meals. So say you have that, uh, grass-fed ground beef, um, you cook that up huge fan of frozen vegetable medleys. Oh yeah. Vegetables Mm -hmm. in general. Uh, Trader Joe's is a great place for this, but frozen straight from the freezer into the pan. They're already cut again, another like three minutes to saute it up. You add that to uh, the ground beef. So you've got your protein, you've got your fiber from the, from like, say it's like a fajita medley or something like that. Uh, You're going to slice up some romaine or you could buy it pre-washed, pre-chopped even it's already Mm -hmm. there. Um, and you add some avocado, you got your four things right there, add some salsa for some flavor and you have a delicious like taco bowl, right? Yeah. uh, cooking protein is shrimp, you know, buy it frozen. It's in your fridge. You don't have to worry about it going bad. I, my freezer is always stocked. I love, you know, frozen veggies, pop them straight from the freezer into the air fryer. They get nice and crispy. Like there are ways around all of that. Like I'll say it again. I'm not a chef. You can, you can quickly learn. You can quickly, it's just about you know, find a couple good sauces. I love things like coconut aminos, um, hot sauce. Uh, don't be afraid of salt. Put a lot of salt on your meal. Pink, pink, pink Himalayan or uh, Celtic sea salt is best. Um, but that's how you make healthy food taste good. And it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. And, and things like that. We do that all the time. We'll pick a a protein and then we mix, you know, two or three different chopped veggies in there. And a lot of the times that can last a couple days. Yeah. And then you can use it in different ways. You can put it on a salad one day, or, um, I always keep frozen cauliflower rice in my freezer too. And you saute that up and now you got a bowl. Um, or you can put it in a wrap. I love things like coconut wraps or nori wraps, or sometimes I'll use lettuce cups. Um, it's all about, you take these meal templates and you find like different, uh, vehicles for getting it. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right. What are, what are some, travel snacks do you have any go-to travel snacks that's something that we struggle with because like you can't get anything fast food or like at a gas station like how do you prep for travel yeah you gotta buy ahead don't wait till you get to the airport or to a gas station um but yeah and unfortunately like you know like i do in situations like this i'll turn to things like protein bars the thing with protein bars is most of them are just carbohydrate and sugar bars so you've got to actually 
read the ingredients of what what's in it. You know, lots of great brands coming out with better for you things nowadays. Um, I'm a big fan of like the Bulletproof bars, um, Primal Kitchen, uh, Collagen bars. I think they are. Um, so anything like that, my rule of thumb is you want more protein and fat combined than it has carbohydrates. And, um, ideally, you know, no added sugar or it's sweetened with things like, um, you know, allulose or yeah, you gotta be careful with sugar alcohols that sometimes right. better than spiking your blood sugar. Cause when we're traveling, we're more in this, and this is where the awareness comes in. Just know you're probably going to be craving a little bit more because you're out of your normal routine. You may not have gotten the best sleep. You, uh, you know, we tend to snack more. So for traveling, I'm actually, depending on what time you're traveling, whether you're flying or driving, um, I'm a big fan of using like intermittent fasting during this time because why not, you know, or, um, if I have a flight, I will always, always, always bring a smoothie and a throwaway cup on the way. And I'll have it in the Uber on the way because you don't want to be hungry when you get there. You're going to walk into the air. You're going to smell the Chick-fil-A. You're going to be stressed (laughs) because you have all these bags and all these things. And it's like, just, just sort of prime yourself, um, with calmness if you can. Um, yeah, let's see some other things. Uh, like the chomps, the grass-fed beef sticks. I'm a huge fan of that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, those are good. Nuts and seeds are great. Uh, if I'm driving, I might, uh, you know, pack some hard-boiled eggs. I wouldn't do that to the person sitting next to me on a plane, but in the car, it might be okay. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, there's lots of strategy. I always say protein and fat first for a snack. Um, if you're snacking on, you know, salty, sweet things, you're you're really not going to be turning off your delaying the inevitable and you're going to find yourself snacking again an hour later. So, yeah. uh, we really want to focus on meals over snacks. We want to find, find a way to get full. Cause then you, you don't have to eat again for a couple of hours and you can support proper digestion and, and you can support blood sugar balance and all these amazing health benefits yeah. that we don't get when we're snacking all day long. Yeah. So switching up the, the, the topic of hair here, I know. So Christmas coming up soon, right after that new year's, are you, uh, a proponent yourself or your clients of new year's resolutions, whether that's like diet, lifestyle, anything, do you have them make them or do you make them yourself? No, I just say make one now. Like why? Oh, wait? love that. <laughs> you know, like it, do you want to make a resolution? Sure. Does it have to be a new year's resolution? No. And the thing is by waiting for that, you're, you're automatically sort of like hinting at yourself like, Oh, it's okay. Like, I'll just wait. You're just putting it mm-hmm. off. Like let's, yeah, let's exactly. prioritize now. Uh, you know, and you're, it's going to feel a lot harder to start in January too, if you sort of throw in the towel now. So, um, like we said, start building that momentum now with those little tiny things that you can do. And a lot of things that, you know, I find myself recommending to clients is things that you can start doing right away. Like I, I, sometimes I give recommendations and I'm like, no, seriously, when we get off this call, you're going to do it right then. <laughs> These small things, you know, whether it's a smoothie a day, I'm a big fan. I just started a 12 day smoothie, uh, 12 days of Christmas. So there's having a smoothie, um, this time of it's going to, it's a healthier way to satisfy that sweet tooth. You get a bunch of beneficial fiber, which is going to help influence those cravings and lower your cravings for sweets. Um, it's a great way to get back into blood sugar balance and, it's just super easy. Um, walking is like, just yeah. like, like 20 minutes of movement. You can easily put that into your, into your day. Uh, trying to think yeah. but yeah, it's, it's the little things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's one thing that we've kind of found over the past couple of years is just move. It doesn't have to be this crazy, insane workout. You know, we do some CrossFit stuff, but it doesn't have to look like that for everybody. Just 
maybe get up and just walk 20 minutes. I think that's another thing that people come into, you know, some obstacles that people face during the holidays is their normal exercise routine gets disrupted. There's a lot of people around. Maybe you don't have your workout space or your equipment. So, yeah, how do you recommend, you know, people overcome that over the holidays? Just finding little times to move throughout the day? Yeah, yeah. I love exercise. I really do. But I don't rely on it for my own or my clients' results. It is not, you know, it really does come down to nutrition and uh, sleep and stress and things like that. And then movement. Movement's kind of like the bonus. I love movement for the mental aspect of it. Um, but if you're relying on your workout to get your results, then you're going to run into issues when you have times like this, when gyms are closed, traveling for Christmas. Um, so I don't like relying on it, but I do use it. Um, there are great metabolic benefits to movement and you can use them over the holidays, simple things, um, like postprandial walking. So walking after you eat, um, you know, give yourself 20 to 30 minutes to, to digest that meal a little bit. And walking, what it does is it lowers that insulin response, that glucose response. So even if you did have something sweet, you're not going to spike quite as high, which is really helpful for balancing your blood sugar long term, and you know, getting off of that roller coaster, keeping that keeping that blood sugar elongated. Um, you're going to feel better. You're going to feel more energized. You're going to have less cravings. So walking alone is amazing. Like I cannot say it enough. It sounds. I mean, e- even if you asked me a year ago and you were like. Oh, just go for a walk. Like, really? That's not enough. But it it, it can be. It's amazing. Right. For you. It's and if you think about it, you know, if you work out for an hour a day, that's only an hour of your day. It's really ninety percent of your other movement comes from these everyday everyday movements. Are you standing? Can you get a standing desk? Can you just head out for ten minutes um, after lunch or something like that? And you're going to get a lot of benefits from that. Um, and then another thing is weightlifting. Uh, even just like for 10 minutes, uh, or even body weight exercises, either right before or right after a meal, same thing, you get those metabolic effects of uh, lowering that glucose response. Uh, so even if it's a living room workout, you know, pump out 10 squats, 10 push ups, 10, whatever you want, or grab mm-hmm. some dumbbells. I have been uh, my husband, and I are lucky enough, we have a com- like pretty much a complete gym set up in our garage. Nice. But yeah. I honestly haven't used it in five months. Um, so all of my clients had gym memberships. And so I really wanted to be able to connect with them in that. So I started leading living room workouts and we, oh yeah, I saw that. That's awesome. Just dumbbells. I think I have five, 10 and 15. So for the last five months, we've been doing just dumbbell workouts in the mornings, 20 or 30 minutes tops. That's it. And I'm happy to report that my body composition hasn't changed and might have even improved, um, not having a gym. So I, I'm, and I'm just saying that to encourage people that yes, gyms are great, but even though you don't have access to one, there's still things that you can do, um, you know, kind of getting back to the basics are, our, our fancy yoga class is nice. Yeah. But sometimes just like doing a couple bicep curls, couple squats, couple shoulder raises and yeah. And you're good to go. So, um, and like I said, it it increases that insulin sensitivity, which is really really great for uh, long term and metabolic health. Yeah, yeah. I think people have this concept of like with working out that you have to dedicate like an hour of time every single day. You have to get like a gym membership, and it's a financial commitment. It's a time commitment that people aren't willing to do. And yeah, really, it's as simple as like just move throughout the day. Don't don't be sitting in your office chair for eight hours a day. Like if you, all you can do is take a walk, um, take a walk. If you can you know, take a walk, do squats every 
hour or two, like do that. Like there's just these small things that you can do even during the workday to, to keep you active and keep you moving. It doesn't have to be this hour long commitment like at, at a gym. So, yeah, two yeah. things I want to two things I want to say about that too, especially for women um, with these hour long like really intense workouts. Like women need to understand that their body works on this cycle, a monthly cycle, and there are certain periods of time where you doing that extreme hit workout for an hour every day is wreaking havoc on your mm-hmm. endocrine system. So mm-hmm. just dialing it back and being able to listen to your body and knowing that some weeks a walk is actually way more beneficial than an hour long hit workout. Yeah. That's um, good. And, and some weeks it's okay too. So it's, it's just learning how to listen to your body and knowing if you, you know, your cycle and understand that that's really helpful. Um, and the second thing I wanted to say is I like to call them movement snacks. So even, you know, I work with a lot of new moms and they're like, Megan, I don't have time for even a, a 20 or 30 minute workout. It's like, yeah, not have time for 20 or 30 minutes consecutively, but I bet you can do six, five minute sessions throughout the day Mm. or two, 10 minute sessions throughout the day. So think of them as snacks. Um, and, and actually there's a new study research is showing that it's just as beneficial as a consecutive workout. So 20 minutes in a row, it it can actually be just beneficial doing, uh, two segments of 10 or five or four segments of five. Ooh, that was some quick math. Okay. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so just, I want to encourage people to know that it's okay. Those little things are what, what adds up and it, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to look like that Fitzbo girl on Instagram, right. <laughs> like do what right. works for your life. Um, and, and you'll be amazed by the results and you'll just feel better. So mm-hmm. that's good. Yeah. And yeah, you're full of good tips. We, we touched on mindset, nutrition, movement anything else that we like didn't that's funny here? those are so those are my three core pillars okay of mindset meals movement and maintenance uh maintenance is things like you know the the lifestyle factors the the sleep and the stress and and how that impacts gut health and all that so i think this is great yeah no this is awesome you, you brought a lot of good so this is exactly what we wanted like going into the holidays what are what are some things people can do and, and can think about and um yeah i think you brought a lot of good stuff so where is the best place for people to get in contact with you yeah, I'm on Instagram a lot at well with Megan, uh, Megan with an H. Uh, let's see, I have a free smoothie guide, which is a great place to start. It kind of explains sort of my uh, nutrition philosophy, which we touched on, which is really just focusing on the positive. Uh, doing that, you're going to naturally crowd out the junky stuff that isn't so great for us. Uh, a smoothie is a great starting point. It, like I said, if you're if you're not a chef like me and you just are looking for something quick or you need uh, you don't have a lot of time in the morning. You're just really getting into this. It's, it's a great place to start. You're going to feel full. It calms your cravings. It bounces your blood sugar. And from that biological state, all those other healthy choices feel a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then let's see, I just came out with a new, um, course. If you're, if you really want to dive in, I have, um, you know, we were, I work one-on-one absolutely, but, um, some people just want to dive in and a little DIY. So I have a, a starter course. It's called eating well made easy. It really mm-hmm. just takes you through kind of like the first two or three steps that I work with uh, one-on-one clients for just really establishing that foundation, getting, getting you to a place where you can consistently put um, those foods that are good for you on your plate. Yeah. Good. Sounds awesome. Okay. Yeah. We'll put like links in the show notes to all that stuff. And uh, thank you again. This is great. Yeah. Thank you very much. Amazing. Thanks guys.